This is episode 14 of This Is Us 2 with Mary and Blake. A romantic gesture of this magnitude is only effective if it is directed at the love of your life. Right, the end of Notting Hill completely falls apart if Hugh Grant thinks that Julia Roberts is just kind of aight. All right, then he's just kind of annoying her at a press conference. Right? I've never seen that movie. Shut up. What? Never. What? All right, Kevin, close your eyes. What are you going to do? Close your eyes. All right. Now, I want you to picture the love of your life. Imagine that you have... 30 seconds to win her back. One shot, three sentences. What are those sentences, and who are you saying them to? There it is. I got it. I got it. All right. We're doing this. Toby, okay. you're a stud. You know that? That's what I've been trying to do. Oh, we're moving? Okay. Get in the car. From Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC, so sit back, relax, and let's all have a great cry. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and little do you know, I am a massive sucker. For all things rom-coms, mm-hmm. and Notting Hill is easily one of my favorites. Really? Like, not even close. Wow. That's good to know. I I, I just, Reese Stefan's in that movie is great. Hugh Grant is 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 great. Uh, Julia Roberts. I watched Roberts. it once in my life, and I've forgotten almost all of it. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> is that what we're watching tonight? <laughs> I, I think we might have to watch we some Notting Hill tonight. We might have to. We might have to, and I hope that this podcast encourages... Some of you to watch it because I definitely need to. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of this episode took place about birthday parties. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this episode, so this is my story time. Um, it's it's my week for story time. And there was a lot in this episode that I was like, yep. Like I've been to a pound class where you like pound exercise, a drug, yeah, Blake too. to it. Um, <laughs> it wasn't as emotional as Kate's. We'll get to that. But the birthday parties and how much time and effort the Pearsons put into these birthday parties. Of course, you know, the the big three and, and Big Daddy share the same birthday, so they had this wonderful tradition. And it just made me think again, think back to how awesome my parents were, especially my mom, with the time and effort that she put into our birthday parties mm. and how you don't even realize it and you probably don't appreciate it that young as a kid. And my mom had this book. I think it was like a... Penny Whistle, I feel like the name Penny was somewhere in this book, but it was all about these unique types of birthday parties that you could have. So one year, I had a backwards birthday party. The invitation was written backwards. The kids had to come in their clothes backwards. We ate cake first. Oh my God. Okay. The games were done backwards. Like it was a straight up backwards party and it was freaking amazing. Oh my gosh. We had a bike party where all the kids brought their bikes to my house and we like pimped out the bikes with those little beads that went on your tires. Ding, 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 ding. These ones. And added streamers. We had all these birthday parties, and I remember one birthday party, I don't know, I was probably overtired and cranky, and I was pouting, and I had to have time out. 
<laughs> and like, on your birthday? Birthday. This is probably, I'm probably like at the right wonderful age of like seven. Oh my like God. Like I'm still a little, little kid. But this episode just made me realize like parents put their heart and soul into this to make the kids feel special. I mean, granted, these three, the big three, they're celebrating on their own day mm-hmm. and they each had their own unique personality and they went all out in their own 80s way. So much of it was, was I was <laughs> laughing with Blake. I was like, I love 80s parties, the original one. It was just like pin the tail on the dark donkey. Right. Then they had to go big. Um, but it, it's made me now as a parent excited for our children's interests and our children's upcoming birthday parties. We've had it easy going. The kids have, are young. They're only three and five. We've, I think we've had one good theme party. We've had one. Yeah. How that, to Train Your Dragon. Yep. That was it. That was hardcore. We had Viking helmets for all of the children. Yep. That we, was, we did streamers. I bought all the dragon stuff. All of it. All of the stuff. That it, was really cool. That was a Pinterest party. That, and then I was like, not anymore. Never again. Uh, <laughs> that's when I was like, we're going to have to cool down because sometime at some place we're going to be having a backwards party. And it made me think of my mom. Oh. All right. So we wanted to actually start this off real quick saying uh, thank you for your patience and thank you for your understanding. We have not had an episode of This Is Us 2 in quite a while. I, I think it's almost been a month. Um, and it, it, we are actually way behind schedule <laughs> in yes. order to to uh, to meet up with expectations. We actually can't watch Notting Hill. We need to watch another episode. Uh, I know we have to watch like the next four <laughs> episodes tonight. Uh, I, uh, unfortunately, I got pretty sick and I had to have surgery. Yeah, and uh, unexpected. For th- yeah, for those of you who who don't know or, or don't follow us on a regular basis, um, you may not know already, but I. I had to have my gallbladder removed, and I feel wicked old saying that. I feel like I'm 50 saying that, and I got my gallbladder. 50 is not wicked old. You do Sorry, realize 60, we're closest 70. to 50. 50. Uh, we're closer to what? We're clo- I'm closer to 50 <laughs> than 20. I don't know. I'm 14 years away from 50. Oh, yeah, you're like I'm halfway. 16 years you're away like, from you're 20. Like half, you're halfway. I'm closer to 50. It's not wicked old. Well, whatever. You know what I mean. I, feel, I, <laughs> I still consider myself like I'm 22. Okay, okay there you go. You th- still I'm, feel like you're invincible. I'm 35, and I, I still feel like I'm 22. Anyway, uh, so thank you, everybody, for uh, for uh, putting up with this, and uh, I'm sorry for the big delay, but it is what it is. That's what it was. I actually had this thing called a road to recovery that I had to go on, and uh, I put it's everybody's been a long road, man. hopes on damper a little bit. <laughs> okay, so, you know. Right, let's, let's get uh, into the show. Yeah, let's do that. The title for this episode was Three Sentences, and we obviously know why. As we heard at the beginning portion of this episode, I still can't believe you have not seen Notting Hill in that long. (sighs) Whatevs, man. We'll watch it. We'll watch it at some point. You know, the husband with the paralyzed wife, and he has to pick her up and put her in the. Oh, man. All right. The director was Chris (laughs) Koch, or Cock, or Cook, however you want to say it. Uh, He has directed Young Sheldon. Okay. uh, That show, Life in Pieces, Modern Family. Another. Uh, tie to that show Grandfather to the one with John Stamos uh, Scrubs and The Last Man on Earth the writer was actually two writers there was Joe Lawson who wrote the game plan for the first season and also Becca Bernstetter who wrote the, the episode Career Days so my love yep you ready three, you ready? Se- three sentences what are you giving it for your lemonade rating 4.8 really? I enjoyed it quite a lot wow yeah yeah. Holy smokes. Oh, Kate cries, I cry. 
<laughs> How about you? Uh, I'm giving it a four and a half. Nice. Nice. A good solid episode. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Yep. Some things in here that I'm... Uh, yeah, and we both do agree. Uh, I think, yep. yeah, I think we're both on the same page when yep. it comes to it. So why, why don't you... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's remind people who haven't watched this episode or if you're watching it along with us, here's our GBGs, our good, bads, and greats. My good, holy freaking smokes, Kevin has an ex-wife and right. they were childhood sweethearts and they sat together and watched The Princess Bride. That is part of my top five favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time. Had you asked me uh, until like I was... 19 what my favorite movie was it was the princess bride so that is my good Mowage. love all of this mowage how is that now how is the princess bride not one of our sound cues we're gonna need to fix that um anybody my, want a peanut my bad holy smokes who's this freaking creep at the fat camp <laughs> what are you doing okay like so freaking awkward duke okay and kate and toby kind of still in a relationship but then they went through a lot of stuff and then they broke up and now they're engaged and now we're throwing someone else into this pot i just can't emotionally handle this situation it's full of drama and he's a total scumbag had someone said that to me i might have found like a pile of horse manure and thrown it in their face he was like he crossed the line man made me really skeeved out and i hope i hope that kate is not lonely in the nether regions and wants a little rumpy pumpy with him because he is not (laughs) approved in my book am i great the drumming the vogue dancing flashback of kate and her dad as he tries to learn how to vogue because everyone left her party the flashes of the funeral the screaming at the drumming. Mm-hmm. That is my great. All right, let's get your GBG. Uh, my good was uh, the running joke of, can we get a dog? <laughs> I I just thought that was great. I thought it was yeah. very funny. I thought it was very real. It kept mm-hmm. coming. I came up at least three times. Once in the beginning, once in the middle, once in the end. Uh, and I like it because it's a great reminder of how, uh, I want to say great, and that's you know that's, that's just being redundant, but it's just how... <laughs> Um, special of a relationship both Rebecca and Jack have, especially when it comes in contrast to how well they work together for the party. And, you know, they could have went at each other's throats for the whole thing. Oh, like, yeah. They could have had this conflict of, like, being at odds with each other the whole time. But no, they didn't. They were just, just like, okay, we're going to nail this. We're going to work together with it. And it was a lot of fun to watch them go throughout all of these three little parties together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the Princess Bride and Madonna, and then it was magic. But getting back to the joke, it just gave levity to the harsh reality um, of not being able, or at least for now, not being able to have another baby. So instead of the baby, it was the dog, and they kept going back to it. I thought that was very cute. And it it would have been easy for Jack to be like, F you, Rebecca, I want to have another kid. But the writers didn't go down that road, which I'm very thankful for. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's just forced conflict. Something that you, you can obviously tell that they're looking to do something. But, but seeing them work together was great. The bad. This this bad. This is the thing that brought it down to a four and a half. Yep. I, I was going to even go as low as like 4.2. Because otherwise this episode was right on up there. It was five Five-ish material. D- that Oof. freaking Duke. That. <sighs> oh my God. Goodness gracious. I mean, he's like flirting with her, but he's a creep about it. And 
it's even worse when he's an employee. That's that's at it. the camp. And listen, I I I was okay with it at first. Like I kind of understood it because I thought they were gonna go down this road of making Duke be a dick on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he was using that to motivate Kate because that's he because he knew as an employee. That's what she needed. Yeah. Like, she needed someone to tell her, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. This, this, this place don't work. Yep. You know? And it's. I think it's fine for the show to depict a character who is a dick like that, but trying to argue that his behavior, this dickish behavior, is lovable, or this is where, how their relationship should start, and- like legitimately say this is the kind of person that he is is not a good choice no no and like this reeks of forcing something forcing a conflict that doesn't need to happen i'm in cabin 13 when you're ready like come on like stop it okay what's your grade i'm like so grossed out by had had he like had he like done what he had done had he been a dick and then she came back and said thank you and then he laid it on nice and thick like it's okay that's what i'm here for you know and then there was like this little bit of connection there i could kind of get it yes like if he was like the bad cop like the the hippie little huggy warm people of like don't worry this isn't militaristic it's like some of the people but then there's people like duke who yeah. are like tough on you but and then you but you have a breakthrough yeah and then they're there to help you like not, i get that not to check you out and to invite you over for umpy pumpy uh, uh, but in, even if that did happen even if there was like some kind of connection there i would have been okay with it had it gone that way and, but whatever but hands down, the best moment of the episode is actually a derivative of this, which is Kate. And she has this breakthrough, like I said, while she's doing the drumming thing, that something that you made me do at one point in my life. And I was so I had, fun. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and all hysterical. these biddies everywhere, all around me. They're all they all know the movements. They all know the drums. Yep. And I'm I'm the one jabroni that's like 6'4, 250, trying to do these whatever. <laughs> but Chrissy Metz did an amazing job uh, as she portrays that kind of catharsis and that kind of pain. And they also flash back to the funeral for Jack. Yeah. And it's our first glimpse at this funeral. And when we can confirm when he dies. They're, the kids are about that age. Of, mm-hmm. At least that's what they appear to be, about 15, 16, 14, that whole area. Yeah, mid-teens. Um, so that's what I thought was the great part of okay. this episode. Let's break things down by the big three, okay, if you don't do you, mind. What do you got? Because we've already just like, you know, we, we just... Come, let's just get it straight, <laughs> Jack yeah. and Rebecca. We love you. We want to be you sometimes when we grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, we just We just love on you. <laughs> All right. Yes. Randall and William. <laughs> that's that's right? simple. Point. Mic drop. Uh-huh. Randall and William's whole day. William showing up at Randall's work. Just, hey, let's go out for lunch when Randall is so focused on his job. Right, right. And um, really, it turns out to be this lifelong dream that William had about being in a cool car. And then you find out he doesn't even know how to drive. Oh, I know. And at some point in that conversation... You see Randall pause. 
you know, and I feel like I feel like I have this pause every once in a while as a busy parent. I have this pause when our kids hug us. Like I might be having a crazy day and then they'll be like, give me a hug. And I had read something once that said when it when you're hugging your child, let your child be the one to let go first. And mm-hmm. I have now applied that to like hugs with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that the other person be the release. And it's just, it's except like, me. it stops you. <laughs> you except could hug forever. Everyone except me. <laughs> you could hug forever. Yeah, I just sit there. I'd, I'd go to work with you. <laughs> yeah, you would. I love you, but you would. <laughs> I'm a hugger. <laughs> you are a hugger. Um, <laughs> but having William talk about this lifelong dream and then Randall, Teaching him how to drive around that parking lot. Right. Oh. I was waiting for Randall to just freak out. Mm-hmm. And Randall to be like, Dad, what the hell? I got things going I've on. I've got a deadline. I have this major thing for work. A self-imposed deadline, by the way. Yes. And he's trying to beat up this other jabroni that's you know at work. And mm-hmm. uh, I loved that part when he's walking by and he's like, hey, uh, is going to lunch? He's like, yeah, it's only a half a lunch. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, And uh, as a man... As a man, I can I can get on board with that. Because F you, bro. Like, it's just competition. <laughs> I'm a super competitive guy. I, I can totally see the masculinity in this whole scene, in the whole thing with Randall. I really liked it. But seeing him take that moment and stop and recognize that his dad just kind of wants to hang out. And his dad has this dream of drinking an egg cream Rocking a cool that pair of sunglasses. So I know it does sound it wicked gross. So gross. And listening to his favorite song, trying to be like that guy he he grew up, you know, admiring. Yes. Um, I, I thought that was a very sweet moment. Uh, something that again shows why Randall is a great character, mm-hmm. and Sterling K. Brown, my binky, keeps <laughs> going and just yes. rocks this show. Now. Are you nervous that William's going to die the next episode? Because I'm kind of like one of those people that when someone's like, this is well my bucket list. I've always wanted to do this before I die. I'm like, oh, man, mm. are you going to die in this episode? No. But luckily he didn't. Here we go. I think he, here's here's a here's a, a uh, hypothesis. Well, uh, you know, a hypothesis. Sure. You okay. know, a, a theory, if you will. I'm calling that William dies in the penulti- penultimate episode. OK. Uh, that's what helps propel us into the finale Mm -hmm. that's my guess all right i can get down with that um so and and you know the funny thing is is like need tissues you know during that party for randall you know where none of his friends show up magician party three of his friends showed up three of his friends showed up and no one else did because no one liked them no none of them were their friends but you had that stupid silly rule where if you have a party you gotta invite every kid in your class it's so stupid because then it just makes you feel even worse because you're like you invite everybody and no one shows up Except the summer kids. The summer kids get to be exclusive. I tell you what. Well, what well, I guess what I'm getting at is... <laughs> am I am I upset? Yes. Yeah, a little My bit. My feelings were hurt. <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm getting at is I, I can see why Kevin and uh, Kate have a real big set of issues uh, in their lives when being compared to Randall. Because there is this moment at the party where Rebecca says to Randall, "If we, if if our kids, if we had another kid, it, hopefully they, they would turn out as well as Randall." <laughs> and, and like Randall is the one who is like well adjusted, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he's, you know, he's a black kid in a white family. Mm-hmm. He's adopted mm-hmm. the whole shebang. 
he is the one well-adjusted kid who does all the traditions. Well, he's just and very two, mature and And the and two brilliant. natural-born kids don't. They don't do anything except, you know, worry about themselves. They, well, do they do the normal stuff well, for that age? But you're right. Randall was mature from the get-go, and he right. was intelligent. And he was mature for, gosh, even our age, for him to be like, yeah, but these are my three friends, and I'm really happy. Right, right. For him to be really happy. I think that that's something that, like... Even as adults, people struggle with. Sure. I do when I'm like, wow, I used to have so many friends and now I have five. Yeah, we were just having that conversation last night or two nights ago where you're just like, I don't hang out Who am with I going to call? Yeah, like, I have five friends. Can't call Ghostbusters. I don't even know their number. <laughs> <laughs> so Randall, young and old, did us well in mm-hmm. this episode. Kevin. Kevin's Ke- yeah. bonding time with Toby might be one oh. of my favorite Toby moments of oh, this season great. so far. The whole, uh, that's why I had to play that <laughs> yes. whole scene at the beginning. Yes. That was freaking awesome. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. I, I loved the dichotomy. He's like, you know, he's like, we're, we're not even in the same species. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, we don't have to, you know, have get drunk and talk to models or hang out with your Hollywood friends. Mm-hmm. We can just, you know... Talk about your feelings. You know, <laughs> you know it's so funny because as they were having this conversation and Toby was saying, okay, pick someone, you out loud said it's going to be someone completely different. Oh, yeah. I've, been, I've been calling it. that now for a past number of episodes. Yeah. yeah. I'm so fracking glad that it's neither Sophie or what's the other uh, jabroni's name there? Uh, what the heck's Olivia her Olivia or Sloan. So, so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie's the new girl. Sophie is his ex-wife. Yeah, okay. And that, how amazing, because we've been seeing Kevin as being kind of this, you know, shallow man. Granted, we've been able to open up and learn about him. Right. But to know that he had a, you know, a lifelong love. Right. From literally being a child in that little scene where they're sitting next to each other watching The Princess Bride, and when the parents realize that this was all for Sophie. Right. Sophie likes Madonna, but Sophie likes The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. It was all for Sophie, and he who, ha- who just happens to be Kate's best friend. Awkward, oh, awkward my sauce. God. Was Kate the maid of honor? I hope so. Ugh. And that they got divorced. They were married young and divorced at twenty-four. It kind of makes you wonder, like, what happened? When did Kevin become his be- begin his acting career? Right. You know, it's a lot of a lot of things that I'm now really interested about Kevin because I kind of had this idea in my mind of his backstory, right. and it blew it out of the water. And I'm really, really excited now to delve even deeper. Right, and and, and also, you know, it it takes that first scene that you saw Kevin in the show at all mm-hmm. with with the two girls in bed and everything and he's like hey, I'm 36 and he's already been married and divorced and of course you don't know that at the time no. but he's just going through he's blowing through all of these women <laughs> yes. because he's just unhappy inside and mm-hmm. he realizes oh my god I made a mistake I yes. think you know in what this isn't what I want yeah what led him to make that mistake or was it something that she did? Or is it something that maybe she did that he misinterpreted? Or what, whatever, you know, it, it, it gives so much more texture to why he is acting the way that he did. And it also leaves a lot to unpack about the idea about his teenage years and his young adulthood. How did he attach himself to Sophie? That's it. I, that's why I can't wait to fill in these puzzle pieces right. and to and, get to really know. And when, when his dad die, died, did she fill that void? 
Mm. You know, did, is yeah. that why he attached himself to her? Mm-hmm. Is that maybe why their love burned out so quickly? Because <sighs> it was just too much. And it also says to me that Kevin was, they were all definitely 15 when he died. Because if you, if you remember, he had that scene with the lady at her husband's memorial and he's like, yeah, man. 15 is a tough age. Mm-hmm. 15 is tough. And and he starts... The pickles Not scene. only is he thinking about... Yeah, the pickle scene. Not only is he thinking about his dad dying, but he's also thinking about Sophie now at the same time. Just giving more texture to it. And I, I still love that when she's like, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I, I like that. I like what they've done here. Because maybe... Olivia and Sloane are girlfriend number one, girlfriend number two. Maybe all of their qualities are the exact qualities that Sophie had at mm-hmm. some point. Maybe she is the sexy, adventurous librarian girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he can't, it feels like, care for someone the way that he wants to if it isn't Sophie, who, in his opinion, or at least the way that I see it, the way that it was written, is his princess bride. Yep. As you wish. And I, I think I think there was a lot of good layers there. A lot of good layers. So let's unpack the last of the big three. Okay. Kate. Yes. So Kate, of course, uh, <laughs> Toby wakes up and she decides that she's not going to do the gastric bypass surgery, of course. Mm-hmm. They are fianced. And yet, Right away, she goes to a fat camp. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to celebrate a little bit or spend a little time together. Yep. And just kind of like walk around being like, we're engaged. Nope. She wants to take care of this. And you know what? Good for her. Changes. She's doing a whole bunch of changes at once. I just thought it was a little quick. Um, Very quick. And yep. Toby's game. You know, he's like, okay, you mean, oh, I, yes. I'll just hang out in New York. <laughs> like that sucks. What, you know, like whatever. What is Toby's job? <laughs> yeah. What does Toby do other than just... How does Toby have this much time off where he's like, no problem. I've been here since Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'll hang out in New York for a little bit. Right, or is it Christmas? Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Okay, so he's, and like, okay, when Kate goes to camp in New York, it doesn't look like January in New York to me. No, no, it looks much, 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 much later. It's like May. Yeah, May, April. Because up in New York, like, even like June is kind of like rainy and gross. I mean, any of you who don't live in this area of the country, that's not what any of New York is like shortly <laughs> well, after Christmas. No, no. So, especially upstate New York. Right? So I'm like very confused by this timeline and the attire. I mean, in one of the areas where they're meditating, it's literally this open air pavilion with trees. Kind of like what I went to in Bali. Okay? <laughs> in Bali. Not New York. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, she wears a little hoodie. But the timeline is a little confusing to me. So maybe she did spend time with Toby that we don't know. Maybe it is this spring and they've had a few fiancé months together. But of course, she goes to this camp and is punking about it, not too happy. Freaking Duke. The Duke. What a dink. Ah, goodness. Duke the dink. There we go. There <laughs> That's what he's going to be coined I from I mean, now we've on. already like delved into him enough. I feel like he's such a skeevy character. I don't want to let him have any more moments of breath. Do you think, do you think that Kate is going to... Do you really think that they're going to push this love triangle thing? I'm sadly afraid that they are. I, I think they're going to too. And it's going to be stupid. Well, on the flip side, on the flip side, Kate just had a breakthrough. Something that she has literally kept inside for 
uh, 15, 15, 21 years. Sure. So that's a really vulnerable time. Yeah, but... I'm just nervous. I'm uh, just saying that that she is a vulnerable person. I don't want this to happen. I'm a little nervous about this next episode. But she just had a huge emotional breakthrough. She's breaking down. And she's going to have a lot of stuff to unpack. And I'm really not happy that Toby's there. <laughs> I'm not happy that he's there. Uh, he isn't there. You try, You understand what I'm trying to say. I, I, I wish you. he was at camp and not Duke. So... Is there anything you else need to say? I mean, this the whole I mean, we talked about yeah, it as our great. Do you have final thoughts? Do you have Do you have final thoughts, or do we have anything else to say for Kate? No, I just don't do it, Kate. Don't do it. Duke the Dink sucks. He does. Uh, what, well, what are your final thoughts for uh, for this episode? I really loved this episode, and as I said, um, just I have all all the admiration for Jack and Rebecca, parents of the year. Man, they oh, they yeah. did it. And even the special little ending, how they still whip all the old timey stuff back out. That was the really banner. sweet. That was so cute. Because of course it's Jack's birthday too. Right. Exactly. He's like here they are, so busy throwing three. Jeez, different I didn't parties. even think about that. It was his birthday too. <laughs> I wonder. If, I wonder if he got the dance. I hope he did. I, I hope he got the dance. Oh my I, I would always want the dance. <laughs> so, I mean, goodness. That's... Can I have the dance tonight? What? It's not your birthday. <laughs> I. My final thought is, yeah, you know, I didn't even, geez, I didn't even think about it being Jack's birthday. Yes. And, uh, you know, how sweet it was having him do the gloves and the, the, the oh rhinestones. God, bedazzling and, it. But, but watching the old videos. Mm-hmm. And and the funny thing is, the fun, as we joke about the dance, it's probably no longer important to Jack. Mm-hmm. What's important is celebrating his family now. Mm-hmm. It's not just his. It's not just, you know, oh, Rebecca, I want this. It's... Let's all, let's all be together and let's all celebrate each other. And yeah. I, 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 that's probably the more emotionally mature thing to do. <laughs> but I still want, would want to dance for my wife. <laughs> just maybe that means I'm just not emotionally mature. I could be. I don't yeah. know. Um, I also want to just speaking of be, not being emotionally mature, I would just want to pat myself on the back a little bit for calling the fact that it wasn't going to be girlfriend number one or girlfriend number two. It was going to be somebody else. I did not know it was going to be an ex-wife, yep. but I was thought it was going to be some kind of long-lost love. So, you know, I'm just going to say, yeah, husband's a pretty smart guy. You are. Pretty smart guy. Are you ready to close out this, uh, this yes, bad boy? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. So, of course, we're watching this show well past its airing. And if you're listening and if it's fun for you, please feel free to share it on Facebook or Instagram or in a Facebook story. If you're not, like, too big about posting on your wall, screenshot when you're listening and post it in your Facebook story or your Instagram story and let people know to check us out. I especially want to thank... uh, Jocelyn TB, who wrote us an iTunes review saying, fantastic, this is us podcast. She was introduced through the Outlander podcast, which is um, beautiful. And this is a whole different level. You can feel the warmth between the two of us. She says we're very relatable in our discussions on marriage. And she says also as someone who has watched This Is Us since the beginning, it's very fun to go back and listen to us recap the episodes and theories of what might happen. She looks forward to every episode. So thank you so much, Jocelyn. Guys, if you have time, please leave us a rating on review on iTunes. I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And this is Us Too. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save